You can know your Bibles and miss the most important lessons within them. This happens when you read your Bibles to find out how you can make yourself more righteous. The very idea reveals you're looking for something that's not there. You can't do anything to make yourself righteous. Something has to be done to you. Welcome everyone to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen. It's been my honor to be the Bible teacher of this ministry for over 20 years. We've rejoiced to be able to come to you every weekday. This is a program of the International Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism and its Missions Fellowship, the Bread of Life in Boise, Idaho. You can learn more about our work by going to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. In John chapter 3, Jesus marvels that Nicodemus, the teacher of spiritual truths in Israel, had missed the most important truth of all, that unless he was born again of God's Spirit, he would never come into God's kingdom. What Nicodemus failed to understand is that the faith of Israel is a heart faith, a heart faith only possible for people who have been given by God new hearts. The moral commands that God has given us and the moral commands that God gave to the people of Israel were simply instructions on how to direct their love for God in a way that followed after and expressed that love it wasn't God saying, here, do this and this. It wasn't arbitrary. It was based upon God's own nature and God's character. And God said, listen, out of your love for me, here's how you want to live. Here are the things that please me and will delight me. And as you please and delight me, I'll be able to unleash upon you more and more of myself, more knowledge of who I am and more of my blessings and more of my rich reward upon your life. And So he is simply in these commands guiding them into his love for them. That's why the Lord Jesus said that the greatest of all commands was to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. There was actually a debate in the time of the Lord Jesus. What was the greatest command? And by that they were saying, they weren't saying, you know, what's the, you know, there are all these commands, what's the most important command and we'll do that one and then we'll tick them off and they're all unrelated. They were looking for the command that capstoned all the other commands. The command that in a sense engulfed and gave understanding to all the other commands. And that's what the Lord Jesus is saying. If you want to understand all the other commands, they're all assumed under this basic idea. You are to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And the second one that it covers it all is you're to love your neighbor as yourself. Basically, God is saying that all right conduct and all conformity to God's commands are to, and God's laws are to rise out of a love for God and a love for those that God loves. So Jesus again said, if you love me, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. The commandments are just expressive of the heart. Again, it's a heart faith. It's a life and a heart expressed in the deep, abounding love for God. And Nicodemus didn't understand this because the Pharisees had whittled down their religion to a religion of the mind and the will. Knowing rules and practicing them. And, and this can be done, by the way, without the heart. You can just find out what are the things you think you're supposed to be doing, and then you can devise all kinds of strategies to apply it and do it, and then you can create men that go around and watch everybody and make sure that everybody's following it, which was a part of the Sanhedrin's rule. There's sort of work and oversee the different scribal people and the different Pharisees to kind of walk among the community to make sure that everybody was towing the line and following these rules. Just know what you're supposed to do and do it. You had a whole nation that was actually at that point in time getting pretty good at it. Israel actually was probably more faithful in following the various laws of God at any other time in their history than during this time. They were being instructed to know these laws and they were doing them. And yet they'd missed 
the whole intent and purpose of God altogether. They'd missed the, the religion and the faith that God given to them altogether because they were doing it without a heart of love for God. And, and that was what was missing in Nicodemus' life, and that's what the Lord Jesus was pointing out to Nicodemus. You don't have a heart religion. You don't have a heart faith. Here's the second thing that Nicodemus should have known. He should have known this. He should have known that such a heart faith, such a heart religion, such a heart response to God was impossible with the sinful hearts that human beings possess. It would require that God and God's Spirit would come and move upon man to give man the right kind of heart, a heart condition to love him, and God would move upon man by spirit in order to produce in man what man can't produce in himself. Nicodemus should have known this, that it was a heart religion, and as such it was an impossible religion to produce from the fleshy heart that men possess. Go back to Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. I told you to stay in Deuteronomy. Let's start reading again from verse 12 of Deuteronomy chapter 10. But now, let me read down through verse 16. And now, Israel, what does the Lord require of you but to fear the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? There it is. And to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes which I command you today for your good. Listen, God wants you with a love for him and a heart committed to him to follow him and obey him. Indeed, the heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God, also the earth with all that is in it. The Lord delighted only in your fathers to love them, and he chose their descendants after them, you above all peoples, as it is this day. Therefore, how are they going to fulfill this command? Therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no longer. What's being said here? God loves Israel, and he's promised to bless Abraham and his children because of that love. But to receive and live in that blessing, the children of Israel must love God in return and lovingly obey God's will in return. And this wasn't possible with the hearts they had in the condition that their hearts were. They were sinful hearts. They were hearts that were controlled and dominated by their flesh. And they needed to be made right and they needed to be made new. And so this fleshy, sinful nature had to be cut out. And a new heart had to be established within them. Listen, folks. That is, in the Old Testament, the message and the word of regeneration. That's the language of a new life. And God was teaching it to Israel right at the beginning. You need a new life, you need a new heart, you need a transition and a change that only God can give you in order for you to obey these things. Nicodemus should have known this, that the whole story of the Old Testament scriptures is a sad account of Israel's failure to sustain obedience to God and to evidence a love for God. And as a result, the story of the nation of Israel is a story of them missing out on God's blessing and coming under God's judgment and God's curses, and it happens to them over and over and over and over again. But there were, in the middle of that story, wonderful examples of individuals who did have a vibrant heart, love, and faith for God. And they rise up in the story of the nation of Israel as examples, examples for us and examples for them. And they lived out their lives before the nation of Israel. Even as the nation of Israel struggled to produce and live in this way, there were those who did. And demonstrated to them. So David. David is called man after God's own heart. The reason for that is because he had a heart after God. He had a heart after God. Even when David falls into sin in Psalm 51. 
David's cry in Psalm 51 is a cry that comes from a man who's been made new and has a new heart. Look at it. Psalm 51, let me read to you verses 10 through 12. David, in the midst of this great moral failure, speaks of his heart as a born-again man or woman might speak of their heart. He says this in verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. God, you're the one who put in me a heart and a passion to live for you and serve you and honor you. And, O God, do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me in your free or generous spirit. Uphold me in the spirit that you give me freely. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you have to be born again. You have to be born again by the cleansing water and life-giving presence of the Holy Spirit. And that is what David in this passage is claiming to have and wanting not to lose. It is David wanting to be renewed in the new life that he had from God through the Holy Spirit. David's prayer is the prayer of a regenerate man. Jesus actually said to Nicodemus that a person could not see and they could not enter into the kingdom of God. They could not see the spiritual things of the kingdom. And they could not enter that kingdom unless they had been born again. But the Lord Jesus says in John chapter 8, at the end of that chapter, that Abraham saw my day, rejoiced to see it, and was glad. How did Abraham see it? If you can't see the things of the kingdom unless you've been born again. And before he went to the cross, he was on the Mount of Transfiguration. And Moses was there, and Elijah was there, and they were discussing his departure at that time, they were discussing the things of the kingdom. They were looking in advance. How did they see it? You can't see these things unless you've been born again. And then later, the Lord Jesus said in Matthew chapter 8, verse 11, Many will come from the east and the west to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. How did they get there? And in Luke chapter 13, 28, the Lord Jesus again says this, There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when they see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all of the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust out. How does Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the Old Testament prophets get into the kingdom? Well, they had born-again hearts. They had hearts that had been circumcised by the outworking and the working and inworking of the Holy Spirit upon their lives. Their hearts had been circumcised of the flesh and of the sin that was beating, had been beating in them, and they had new natures of that spirit living and abiding within them, and they were trusting as they trusted and longed for this from God alone. Nicodemus, if you don't understand this, then you don't have what David had. That's what Jesus is saying. If you don't understand this, you don't have what Abraham had and your forefathers had and you don't have what the prophets had and you, like this nation around you, is going to miss out on the kingdom. It means, Nicodemus, you can't even see into the kingdom, which also means this whole nation can't see the kingdom before their very eyes, which proves to be true. Because they will totally miss the sight of the Messiah before their very eyes, who's come to make the kingdom known to them, right in their midst. That's your condition, and that's your position. And Again, Nicodemus doesn't argue with Christ. He only asks, how can it be? How is this possible? It seems clear that the teacher, the teacher of Israel knows that with all of his knowledge, all of his understanding of Scripture, he's... He is far from the kingdom of God and he's missed the primary lesson he should have learned. So the Lord Jesus answers his question. And here's the third thing I want to point out. Nicodemus should have known how this new heart and this new birth can be. 
He should have known how it was that he could have a new heart. When the Lord Jesus said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. The Lord Jesus was referring to Ezekiel 36, 25 through 26. Jesus said, I say to you, unless you are born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Now look, by the way, some people say what the Lord Jesus was saying to Nicodemus is you, you have to be baptized with believer's baptism before you can get into the kingdom of heaven. He wouldn't have known that. He wouldn't have known it. It wasn't in the plans up to this point in time. It was not something that he would have heard of or understood. It didn't take place until some time after that, that that was commanded and given at the very end of Christ's ministry before he ascended to heaven. No, what he would have known is what Ezekiel had prophesied in Ezekiel 36. Then God says to Ezekiel, speaking to a nation that has been come under God's judgment and has been driven away from him because of their long, ongoing history of not being able to give God from their heart what it is that God asked from them. Then, there's coming a day when I'm going to make it possible you receive all the blessings that God has for you, and the way I'm going to do it is I'm by my spirit going to change your hearts. Then he writes, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean, and I will cleanse you of all your filthiness and all of your idols. The picture here is of that regenerative work of just being washed and cleansed of all their sins. It's a picture, it's a pictorial image, it's it's language, a visual language used as a portrait of that time when God will come on the nation of Israel and he'll wash away all their sins. I'll sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean and I'll cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. And I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you and I will take away the heart. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Church in Boise, Idaho. To learn more, go to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may God bless you.